This is Kurt. And this is Tracy. And this is the MFG Cast. something different this time welcome to another board game edition of the mfg cast this time we're going to be talking about adding to our collection i think this is something we've kind of hit on before but i thought it'd be kind of fun to talk about it done this podcast for like 10 years now which feels like it's been a good ride it's been a long ride but it's been fun and I thought it'd be fun to kind of talk about the fact that now that we have so many games in our collection that you we have to be a little more stingy, I think, when it comes to adding our, to our collection. How about Some, selective? Selective? Sure. That's a good word for that. Yeah. So I don't I, think we're I don't think we're stingy. I think we're selective. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. Or aware? Yeah. Yeah. But before we talk about that, let's talk about what we've been playing recently. One of the games we've been talking... Or, what? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. What happened there? We have not been talking about it yet, but we'd like to talk about it. Where am I? (laughs) Who am I? One of the games that we've been playing recently is Cartographers, but specifically Cartographers Heroes. Yes. A new take on the Cartographers series. But this one, you can actually play by itself, or you could add to the old Cartographer's game. But we played it separately. Yeah, and this is a game by Thunderworks. Yep. This is a flip and write, where you are filling, you are carto- where you are cartographers that are filling out your own map, your own land. But with this one, not only are you filling up lands that you're trying to get points on your sheets, but also you have heroes, too. Because in the original Cartographers, there are some monsters that attack your land. But on this one, you've got heroes that kind of help defend or attack and fend off the monsters. Yep. Which I think is cool. So there are still monsters in this one where you have to essentially swap your land and your map with other players so they can manipulate your play and try to mess things up mm-hmm. on however you've arranged it and then give it back to you and you have to try to resolve what they did to foil your plans. Yeah, and that's where the heroes come in. Mm-hmm. Where you could put you here you can put heroes in after the fact over monsters or their attacks over monsters, basically. You still have to fill in that one space with the hero icon, which is the sword. But then you do the whatever it says as far as the... What would you call that? Like It's la- it's kind of its layout. Layout, yeah. So it could be like a hero, and then you have an empty space. 
and then an attack and an attack. Or it could be like the hero in the middle and a space above it and an attack and then a space to the right of it and then an attack next to that one and then a space below and then an attack below that one, you know, kind of. There are different varieties of heroes. And the cool thing about the attack spots for the heroes or whatever, you can put those in filled spaces too. So like if you're trying to find a certain way to, you know, either destroy some monsters that are already on your board or if you're trying to pre-guess like, okay, this is going to be a spot where someone's going to want to put monsters kind of in the space where I have nothing. So it's like, okay, I'm going to put that there to kind of foil, you know, someone else's plans of doing that, you can. And, you know, even though putting, you know, your attack uh, spots in places that have already been filled kind of waste it, but there's going to be times where, like, you're going to be like, okay, there's a spot above these lands where I want to attack these monsters, so I'm going to have to kind of waste some of these attack spots for the hero. And there's times where you're not, where you just be like, okay, well, I'll put this here and, and uh, hope that, you know, when someone has the thing to put the monsters in those spots, they won't be able to because those heroes will negate that. Right. Um, another thing that happens, too, is sometimes the monsters can actually destroy spots on your map, which is a little different from the original cartographers. Or, like, they carry out through throughout the rest of your gameplay. Mm-hmm. At the end of each round, after you score, they come back to add extra things to your board to kind of manipulate it or yeah. your your map or your land or whatever we want to call it yeah um to manipulate it so i think that this this one adds additional elements to mm-hmm. the original game and like kurt indicated it, it's its own standalone too yeah yeah it's cool i we we've we're always a big fan of like rolling rights and flipping rights and stuff like that and this one is no exception i always have a lot of fun with it i i love cartographers but i feel like i'm not as good as i want to be with it which is frustrating because i'm like i wish i was better at this game but i think it just comes with game and my my strategy on it is i may not always be the best on that season so like with for those who haven't played cartographers it goes by seasons so you have objectives for each season. So your objectives are laid out and you can see what you're going to be going for as the seasons progress. So you could be going for objective A and B and then B and C and then C and D and then A and D. And I always try to look ahead and kind of plan too. So if something's gonna work better for me in a season that falls later, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. So maybe, just maybe, you could try that for next time. I actually did try that last time. You did? Well, you beat me. I did. I barely beat you, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, I think part of my problem when it comes to playing games like this is kind of what you talked about, is worrying about what's happening in the round that you're in instead of preparing for what's now. coming in the future. Well, but I'm always the, just in games in general, I'll have my next move. I'll try to plan my next move prior to my turn in any game. Yeah. 
And then if it doesn't work out because somebody's um, taken that spot or swiped that component or something like that, then I have to have another move. Or maybe I'll have one move that I really want to do and then my second place move Mm -hmm. or something like that. But that's how I always do it. Yeah. But I don't know if that's just like the, that must be how my brain works. Yeah, yeah. Because then I'll be like, is it my turn yet? (laughs) Because I'll already know what I want to do usually. Yeah. Not all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. But. For sure. Yeah. But yeah, it was nice to get to this because we grabbed Cartographer's Heroes plus we grabbed some of the other maps for Cartographers too. I think we did the Kickstarter when the Kickstarter came out for Cartographer's Heroes and they wanted to do the other small maps with them too. We were just like, we need to grab all of this so we could play it. So it would be nice to get those other maps out yeah. eventually. Yeah, and we played, gosh, we played this one four or five times. Mm-hmm. It was nice to just sit and play it For in sure. the living room and mm-hmm. watch have the TV on. And yeah, just play a quick that. game. And it's the, you know you don't have to put all of your effort into thinking about every little thing but you know there's still a lot of strategy to it but but there's not a lot of setup to it yes so if you're looking for something where you want some strategy but you don't want to have to set up all the pieces and things like that this one has some some types of thinking to it yet so for sure yeah it was fun yeah now i want to play it again now that we just talked about it (laughs) nice now going on the opposite end of games that are short and don't take much time i got to play half of a game of arc nova with old podcast partner mike we played that it's by capstone games it's a game where basically you are making your own zoo and you're trying to make it the most attractive and exciting for your customers to come in and see your zoo And there's a lot of different elements to this game. There's cards that you can use that have different animals and, like, attractions and different things. And then also you have some polyomino pieces that you'll put on a board that you have to kind of maneuver because you'll get certain points depending upon how big, like, a building is for your certain kind of animals. And then also you get different certain points on what kind of animals they are. If they're like herbivores or um, carnivores. carnivores, if they're birds. So I don't. I'm not gonna talk about this at length, just because I'm still. We're still kind of in the middle of a game, and we're gonna be playing this game in the future. The rest of it, because it's set up still in our basement. But I will have to tip my cap to Capstone Games because they do. Oh, a, I see what you did there. <laughs> I did not mean to do that, but that was great. <laughs> that they do a really good job with the instructions and also trying to describe iconography and definitions of things because the cards themselves have a lot of iconography and it's sometimes it's really hard to like, okay, what is this? What does this mean exactly? Sometimes they describe on the card what's really good about it, but then they have a couple of spots on the bottoms of cards, and you actually have to look up in a book what that means. Because sometimes it's like, oh, right now take $10 or whatever. Or right now you can take a three 
what do they call it, a three-level like enclosure building or whatever and put it on your board. So like there's a lot of pieces to this and when you first kind of get it out and kind of look at it, the game seems very daunting. But once you kind of get into the gameplay and you really get into it, it's actually not as bad as you would think it would be. So I really have to tip my cap because I think if the instructions and the explanations weren't as good, it would be really hard to get into it. So do you think they make sure that they put a lot of that stuff on the cards so that you're not going, huh, what do we do next? Because it's all in front of you and then you can just use that as a quick reference back to the instructions? Yes. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Like, you know, like I said, they try to describe as much as they can on the cards, but then they have to kind of have this extra booklet where you look up stuff and even the cards have numbers on them. So it's like, I don't know what this means. I'll go back and look what this number means. It doesn't have every single card in the game, Mm -hmm. but it's got a lot of them to kind of clarify what they do. Well, I think that's hard sometimes when companies do that because sometimes you can over symbolize on cards and all you're doing is talking in symbols. (laughs) Yep. And then you're like, what? I'm going to have to look up this entire card because they just gave it to me in hieroglyphics on this card. And I don't even know what we're talking about. So as long as they're combining, like, you can read the majority of the card, but you need bits and pieces of what they're talking about. Yeah. I think that's cool. Yeah. I never played it with them, so I don't know. But this is one game that I was looking at. Yeah. And I think you would enjoy it. It's very, it's very fun so far. Like even like learning this game, like when it comes to games these days, when I see on the box, it's going to be a couple of hours. I already, I'm like, oh, so long. (laughs) Well, we were, I was looking at something and somebody posted online the other day. They're like, yeah, we just played this game and we played it for nine and a half hours and we never finished it. And I went. Oh my God, I'm out. That wasn't this game, by the way. It It was not. (laughs) No, we were looking at, we were looking at, or I was on some board game group page and I was like, you played a game for nine and a half hours and you never finished it? Who continues to keep their attention span? Yeah, for sure. I don't know. And when it comes to like learning games, even an hour game can take two hours because you're trying to learn the game and trying to learn aspects. But when it came to this game, when if, you know, it was like a couple of hours and we probably have to play it over a couple of weeks because me and me and Mike, we actually play every Wednesday night when we can, you know, I was kind of like, well, I don't know, you know, hopefully we can get into it right away and then we don't have to play it like maybe three nights instead of two, because if we don't get it right away, it might be something where we play. Mm hmm you know, more three nights. Cause usually we play about two hours every night, every week or whatever. But you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to play that quickly. But I feel like this game, once you kind of get the rules and everything kind of starts to get in motion, then you're, you are, are do a pretty good job of figuring out, okay, this symbol means this, and this is what I'm doing here. And that kind of thing. It's just, getting strategies and stuff like that for the game are slower. And I feel like as soon as I told Mike, I said, I think we might have to like play this again once we're done with this original first game, because 
then I want to get into the mode of like, okay, what can be my strategy now? Yeah. Where before it's kind of learning your strategy. Yeah, you're just that, getting in the mode. Yeah, right and now. now it could be like, because there's so many things you can do to get points and, you know, get further in that game. Um, so it just would be just nice to be like, going in now, I can have that strategy and not wait, play this game and then wait another six months and then go, okay, now we can play now. Now I'm kind of relearning the game again and like, oh, now I have to figure out a strategy because I kind of forgot what happened. Right. But it wasn't nine hours. It wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> no. I oh feel, my gosh. I feel like even like me and Mike were kind of talking about it. I feel we're, we feel like if we play this game again, that we could really cut that time in half. So instead of being a couple hours, it could probably be about an hour because we know kind of what we're doing. Yeah. And the, you know, the motions are going a little smoother. Well, and in like any game you were talking about kind of getting used to some of the common symbols and things on cards. Yeah. It, that's like that mm-hmm. anywhere. Yeah. Like this symbol on this card means you know, you recycle this card or, mm. you know, whatever. That's yeah. a terrible, probably, example. But you kind of get used to being able to um, get... It's like a commonplace, depending on the game. Yeah, for sure. So. For sure. So I can see why a lot, it went to a, a top of people's, like, best of list and stuff like that of the games that they love because, like, I was really impressed with this game. Like I love animals, and I in you know except for snakes. Except for snakes, yep. We just found a snake in our house. Yeah, that's a story. We okay, won't talk about it. Okay, it's not in. It was not directly in our house. <laughs> just that's all we're gonna. We're not gonna say like we are sleeping with it in our bed. But we could have been. Shut up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Gross. Anyway, but I don't necessarily move <laughs> towards games with animals. If that makes sense, it's just not. It's not something I jump to. So when I heard about what this was, I was like, well, you know, it could be fun. I'll give it a try because I don't I don't really like judging books by its cover, really. So Well, and when I talked about, like, oh, yeah, that game, you were like, meh, yeah. Yeah. You know, you were, but that's kind of how you were with, like, Isle of Cats, too. Yeah, yeah, So exactly. maybe you're only a partial animal lover. Maybe, maybe. Because that's cats, this is but animals. I will say, like, looking at... The pictures on the cards, like the pictures that they took of the animals wherever they got them from, it was really actually kind of fun. It was like, oh, there's a like a howler monkey, and then they, they, here was some other kind of bird, and so it, like it was well, like the the art, the picture, the, the well, it's the art, it's pictures that they took or whatever it was cool. But that's like wingspan learning about mm-hmm. learning about all the birds when we played that yeah, for sure, or when we play that. Yeah. So I I don't know. Cool. I, if you get a chance to try this game out. Please, I I implore you too. I think you would really enjoy it. So, all right. Well, I think we talked about what we've been playing recently to death. Actually, mm, I feel like we've good. been playing something else, but maybe not. I don't know. You think so? No, I don't. No, I guess not. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think we already talked about the other stuff. So let's talk about adding to our collection. So you know, I wanted to kind of get to a point where we talked about. You know, now that we've got so many games and we're actually part of a podcast where we get to review games, some of that stuff we get to, you know, get in exchange for our reviews, some for previews and stuff like that. We've got a lot of stuff sitting on our shelves. And when it comes to acquiring a new game, whether it be through, you know, those those said reviews or like 
maybe there's a sale that we you know find on like miniature market or maybe we're at a board game store just kind of looking at stuff or you know maybe we we went to a target to grab like clothes or something like that for logan and then we're like oh let's check out the games you know i feel like 2012 when this podcast started it was oh what games do we get games 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 you know and now that we have a, you know, we have like, what, like... Plethora. Yeah, a ton of shelves worth of games acquired many different ways. I think we have to be more, you came up with a good word, selective in our process of what we would want to get. Yes. So, you know, I think... Oh, were you going to say something? Hmm. Oh, okay. No, I think that was him. Okay. I think, uh, <laughs> I think one of the ways that... I am starting to get, as we get into this hobby more, is that when I look at grabbing a game, I go, okay, how much play is this game going to get? (laughs) (laughs) So there's a lot of sighing here without anything anything else happening. Sorry, I I don't know how I feel about this topic because, like... It's, it's hard because as a board gamer, you want all of the games and you, I, and all of the things and I mean, example was yesterday. We drove up to the cities, cities being St. Paul, Minneapolis, Minnesota for a concert. And we were like, hey, okay. I was like, hey, <laughs> let's stop at a board game store. We have some time before we can actually go into this concert. And we ran into construction. We couldn't get to the board game store. We were going in circles. And our lovely GPS kept sending us in circles, so we gave up. And so I found another board game store. So then we started heading back to another direction. And, like, as even prior to that, let me take a step back. Like, as we were driving, we were looking at the inventory of the first board game store that we were going to go to. And there really wasn't a whole lot that was, like, tripping our trigger. Yeah. Yet, I think sometimes you just want to go because you want that experience. Yeah. And I think now, sometimes for us, it's like, okay, maybe we don't want or need a game anymore maybe we want to support them in a different way so we were looking at their apparel like hey they have some cool apparel and they have some cool other things and i wouldn't mind wearing one of their t-shirts or something like that but we were like looking at like their other games and things like that and we we read like a description of one of them and we were like uh that doesn't sound good (laughs) Like, and maybe it's okay, but like, we weren't going to, we didn't want to buy it just to buy it. Yeah. Like just to have it on our shelf and never play it. Granted, we have games mm-hmm. on our shelf Yep. that we haven't opened. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean we're not going to play them. We just haven't gotten to them. Yeah. And we've been better recently than we have in the past. Where yes. in the past, it'd be like, here's like 50 or some board games that are still in shrink wrap or... Yeah. Are we unboxed and then, you know, we never played. Well, and maybe we need to go back and look and see. Yeah. 
But we've also been very good about weeding out the ones that we feel don't bring value to our table anymore either. Yeah, correct. But I think a lot of people that may be in the same boat as us that collect and have a lot of games, I, I'm curious as to how they view it. Yeah. Like, do they just buy the games just to say they have more games? Or do they go to, you know, because we did like our board game stops along the way when we went on our family vacation. Mm -hmm. And this one we tried to stop at board game stores and we got stuck in traffic this weekend. And then, not in traffic, construction this weekend. Mm -hmm. Then we were going to go to another one and we found out it was mostly Magic the Gathering. So we didn't go to that one. And so we just kind of chalked it up and thought, this isn't meant to be. No. No, and I, I feel like... There's a couple of things I didn't want to interrupt you. So I'm sorry. A, I kind of I don't know. I don't think I went off the rails. No, you didn't. There's oh, okay. just a couple of yep. points I wanted yeah, to yeah, make, yeah. and I didn't want to throw you off the rails. Oh, okay. So, like number one, I think with a collector mentality when it comes to games, that's what a lot of people do. They're like, I just want more and more and more. Meanwhile, they're not thinking about the fact that you know maybe there's not this point where you know we don't. There's no reason to have this many games if we're never going to play them. I, I think sometimes people want to have them just to say that they have exactly. them. Exactly. It's like books. It's like, oh, I have all these books that I I have read. thousands of books yeah, in my like, my personal yeah. library. And I used to have that. I used to have a you know a nice shelf with a bunch of my books and i'm like what am, what are these doing here you know i'm are like are you going to read them again? Yeah, i'm not, you know, there are there were some that i went back to and i read again, which is great. But now I've done a real minimalistic view on books, and I like have like a series that I like, and then a couple of books that I've read, and the ones that I'm not going to go back to here, I'm probably going to end up giving those away because it's just like I just I don't I'm not I know I'm not going to go back to them. Where there's a couple other you know a couple of those other books that I have that eventually I will go back and read because I just I've done that before. Well, there even reads. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I do. I do not. I know you don't. I can read. I just choose not to. That's good. Another point that I was going to make is that I think that when it comes to getting games now, another mentality that I have that I've kind of gotten from old podcast partner Mike is that I think sometimes better than getting the new game that we might not play the standalone game is buying some expansions for games that we love that we already have. Yeah. So like anytime Mike has a birthday, like I know he has Marvel Legendary and he, and he loves it. So, and so do I, and I love playing it with him. So his last birthday, I got him the Black Panther expansion. Cause I was like, that would be fun to do. Uh, we, I think some people, sorry. Yeah. I think some people are, they don't want to spend the money on expansions. Mm -hmm. But to your point, like, heck, if you like the base game, mm -hmm. why not enhance it with an expansion if the expansion, if you've done your homework and know that the expansion adds value. Yeah. If the expansion doesn't add value, don't buy it. Exactly. Or you buy it and then you're like, God, this sucks, <laughs> you know. But, like, we've, we've bought expansions. Like, I can think of probably... Two handfuls of games where we have expansions for them, and we're like, these 
are awesome. The game is awesome by itself, but adding the expansions or the ability to add the expansions are amazing. Yeah. I think another aspect of buying new games is research. And that's something you kind of hit on a little bit. But, you know, I think like things like BGG, Let's Play videos on YouTube, even TikTok now. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of things out there where you can do a lot more research on something. You could be like, okay, well, I like this game because, you know, let's say something is a rolling right. And I'm like, well, God, I've got a million rolling rights. Do I really want this one now? You can, you know, take a look at it through the through different eyes, not just your eyes, but other people's eyes. You know, if someone's got a review on it, if somebody has a playthrough video of it, if somebody has... You know, a few pictures that it's like, oh, this is what this looks like. This is how you'll be playing it. Then you can make an inf- informed reaction on, you know, is this something that I really want? Right. You know? Yeah, that's a good. Where there would be times where you'd be like, oh, that's pretty. I'll take it. You know, that kind of thing. And well, it's... and sometimes that <laughs> that's just what it takes. Mm-hmm. For us. And then it's a nice surprise or that's what it's been before. Yeah. But I think... In the past, like even especially the games that we have on our shelf of opportunity that we sell wrapped were games that we maybe purchased on a real quick whim decision at Gen Con or at another convention that we haven't even opened. I can think of a few, for example. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I don't want to play them. It's just taking the time to learn them. But also, who has all that time? Yeah, like, yeah. So, we should. Like, see, yeah. So I have a couple of thoughts on that then. So then cons can be a positive and a negative there. Because mm-hmm. one of the things positive is you get to play those games. They're like, here it is. This is what you can do. And you can play it. And once you play it, you, 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 know, you were like, oh, that's really fun. Or you could be like, okay, well, that maybe that's not for me. Or you fall in love with it. Another like subset of that is you played it at a convention. You're like, wow, I really like this game. And you buy it, and then you bring it home, and then you play it, and you're like, wait a minute. Maybe I just liked it because at the time, it was a fun experience, and I had a good play. <laughs> or you know, I thought this else. was the game I played. <laughs> no, that's never happened to us. I was just kidding. <laughs> um, but I'm going to tack onto that. Maybe yeah. you're going to say this. Is... Awesome to be able to purchase something at a convention to be able to help a business. Yeah. Especially the smaller guys. Yeah, for sure. And But I think sometimes, like, you and I are quick to be like, let's support them. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> then we never play the game. Yeah. Like, we're like, let's spend $30 on this game to help support this smaller board game company. And then we're like, the game's fine. It just will never hit our table. Yeah. But we want to be there for them. For sure. And that's, I think that's been pretty rare for us, though. I feel like. It has. You know, probably nine, eight or nine times out of ten, we've actually, yeah. you know, hit a home run with what we've got. So that's cool. Oh, yeah. And then, then if we have, then those are the treasures because chances are not everybody has that game. Yeah. yeah. It's not like the hotness. Yeah, for sure. Because. And- People don't know about it. Yeah, and then that's one of the negatives I think when it comes to conventions is like the fear of missing out. 
And it's like, okay, here's <laughs> yep. the hotness here, you know? And you're like, oh, I really need to get this game. And then you get it and you play it and you're like, well, this is not, this is e- even close to what I thought it was going to be. And it ends up being kind of a dud. That was absolutely us the first year of Gen Con. Yeah. We, you know, had a whole flipping, like, just a stash that we had bought. And I think one of them that came to mind for something, for some reason, when you were talking about Fear of Missing Out, was when Funko released their, oh, what was that? Yeah, Funkoverse stuff. Fun- yeah, Funkoverse stuff. We mm-hmm. had, like, I I don't know if it was just me or you had a Fear of Missing Out, too. On that, it was more more you, but more I me, but, but I had a little. But bit I think of... we were like kind of like more curious about it. Maybe it wasn't like oh my gosh, and you know, so we ended up buying like a what Rick and Morty, mm-hmm. and we played it once or twice, and we were like, God, we hate this. Well, we didn't hate it. It just okay. It just Man, wasn't. We didn't, we didn't, it wasn't fun enough for us. No, it we just didn't wasn't, like it. Yeah, it just wasn't our our thing. You know, it was just kind of like, everybody's like, oh, I really love this. And we're like, eh, we don't. Yeah. I mean, really... we found games that we liked better. Yeah. And so that didn't last very long in our no collection. No, it did not. There probably were a few other ones that we bought that year that didn't. I think we ended up. I think one of the hotnesses, too, was photosynthesis. Yeah, that's right. That year. And we played that several, several times. We did. But we ended up finding a game that we maybe liked more mm-hmm. than photosynthesis. I mean, that took us a while. So maybe yeah. that isn't, like, the best example. But, yeah. like, that was one that everyone had to have. And, like, that was one of the first things that we had to get. Like, it was a good game. Like, it was very pretty. But... We ended up finding something that replaced it a couple of years later. Yeah, for sure. So, I don't know. It is absolutely, for me, it more so in the past was fear of missing out. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even, you know, even another as- another avenue of getting games for us is, like, review and preview copies. Yes. So like we'll get you know comp- we'll get game companies that have been nice enough to you know give us review copies of games and we've had to give them our honest feedback and a lot of them we've had to kind of pass on to other people because it's like you know even though we're doing a review or a preview of a game doesn't automatically mean it's going to be a game that stays in our collection. Yeah. There are quite a few I would say that we actually still have. But I would think there's pro- there's probably more of those that we've had to kind of pass on to other people, which is another good way of passing on things to someone else in the hobby to have them have some fun with games. But it's not you know, it has it's not something where you know we've had to like sell it or and you know we just were like well this is something that you know. X person is going to enjoy, or it's not something we're, you know, just getting rid of to get rid of. It's like, okay, now we can take this. It doesn't need to be in our collection because we've got so many things, but now we can pass it on to somebody else that will actually get more enjoyment out of that than we would. Yep. And we've done that with games that we've actually purchased, too. It's not just games that we've gotten from other companies, but we've done that with games that we've had that, like, maybe wouldn't we didn't really like so much. Or maybe it, we knew we weren't going to get as many plays out of it, so we're like, 
we'd find like we have a local board game group and we're like here's some games you guys want them they're all yours you just gotta come pick them up you know that kind of thing and uh, it seems like most people have been you know really excited about it which is cool it's nice to be able to pass off games and be like well here you go here's something that you'll get more enjoyment than we will because we you know if it was in our collection it would just stay off the side and maybe not get as much play as other games right so there's a lot of different things to consider when you're adding games to your collection and you know kind of curtailing your collection so you're not getting to the point where you've got so many games that a lot of games are just sitting in the dark you know <laughs> wanting to be played and well and and going back to if you want to support your local game store or whomever I guess primarily your local game store or a local game store maybe as you're traveling or making the rounds or whatever if you can support them in another way because you don't need to add that game to your collection do that yeah like we've done we've made choices to do that instead mm -hmm. because we don't want to just buy a game to buy a game or buy that expansion to a game that you love mm -hmm. or you know something like that yeah yep yeah for sure or like you said the apparel or if they're a cafe you can always you know, purchase food and drink from them. Support them. You can always... Uh, play there. Yep, play if there. pay to play. Yep, you can always uh, share on social media too. That's yep. always a good thing. Because that's what we did when we were on our vacation when we went to um, the game shop. We are like, we want to make sure that more people know about this place because that was a great place to be and the staff was great. Yep, and even the, like, the Wizard's Closet. Giant, giant store in Denver, Colorado. And I think people who were hesitant about going there ended up going there after they saw what we did. Yeah. Or where we went and mm -hmm. that we and were there and we they were heading it. through. And mm -hmm. like there, we bought apparel there. We did end up buying one game and an expansion, I think, or something like that. But mm -hmm. like that was awesome. Kurt has regrets because he didn't buy apparel there. I know. I, I really... I just... I wanted you... Two to have something mm. yourselves. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> How dare you? I know. I know. <laughs> anyway, speaking of social media, if you oh. want to learn more about the MFG Cast podcast, you can always follow us on Twitter at MFG Cast. Is there going to be like a book on it? No. Learning more on it? <laughs> no. Is there going to be like a... But you can look at the pictures oh, and, show and, and, the, tell? and the tweets and... Have so much fun with what we're sharing. Oh, you can also so follow us, the MFG. What is it? MFG Cast family on Instagram. You can follow MFG Cast on TikTok. We're doing some TikToks there too, and yeah, for all your game goodness. And until next time, I'm Kurt, and I'm Tracy, and this was the MFG Cast. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop broadcast network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.